welcome back to Tim Talks Anything. You know, earlier today, my Firebird, I think the motor's going in it, and I start thinking about all the vehicles I've had in my life. There's a bunch of good ones, a bunch of bad ones, but I start reminiscing about some of them teenager cars. We all had them clunkers and vehicles that you buy for a couple hundred bucks I don't even like anymore you can't buy a clunker for a couple hundred bucks anymore but my very first car was a 1973 Dodge Coronet brown four-door with a big 318 in it and man was this thing a piece of junk but I tell you it was my piece of junk I uh I ended up trading a motorcycle for it and uh I got it whenever I was 14 or 15 and I worked on this thing all the way up until I got my permit my driver's license and, uh, I can remember this thing would just break down all the time it was almost expected you didn't want to go too far because the chances of making it back are unlikely you know I always said it'll take me to point A to point B and halfway back to point A but one thing I do remember about that was I was so proud of the thing because I worked on it. I did the body work. I got it to run, kind of. And uh, I just remember when all my buddies would get their driver's license, they would borrow their parents' car and, you know, do the things that parents do. But they always had to be back at a certain time. And my freedom was my dad always told me, well, it's your car you know uh, I had to be in by midnight I think that's how it worked back in them days I'm not sure how it even goes now like, or, or, do they even have junior licenses anymore or is it just you get a license and you have it I'll be filing out pretty soon because my my boy he's gonna be turning 16 pretty soon and uh I keep, that's why I keep thinking about this my firebird that I got outside I waited 20 I had a at a 1970 Camaro a couple cars after that uh, Dodge Cornette and uh, I'll tell the story about that some other time but I was thinking about this Firebird I don't think I'm going to be giving it to my son at first we'll let him crash a couple of cars first before we give him that one I kind of love that car but I love him more so uh, whenever the time comes, I'll give him that. But uh, after that Dodge Cornet, like I said, that thing was just a P.O.S. But it was my P.O.S., you know. Got about three miles to the gallon. Broke down constantly. But uh, I said, just carry a, all my dad's tools that he would let me have. I'd carry in the trunk knowing that it was going to break down. And tires were always bald hardly any gas in it all the time you know had an am fm radio in it didn't even have a tape player actually the more thing but the radio didn't even work i just put uh, my radio in the back seat and uh that was how you listen to the radio put your tapes in there that's you know tapes anybody remember tapes you know so that was one of them. It was a brown Dodge Cornette. The exhaust always dragging on the ground. But that was my first one. And I uh, I got rid of that. And I bought a 19... I think it was a 1982 Chevy Chevette. And uh, 
I had to buy it because I was getting expelled from school, ironically for skipping. And uh, uh, my buddy of mine, his dad had this another piece of junk little uh, uh, chevette sitting down in the backyard. It had no interior at all. Zero. It was just a, a steering wheel. Uh, it was a it was a four-speed. And the steering wheel, the shifter, and two milk crates that weren't even bolted down, and a screwdriver, a big screwdriver, which I found out later that day what that big screwdriver was for. So I think I paid 200 bucks for it, and uh, so we transferred a title and everything, and uh, my dad immediately says that there's no way he's letting me drive this thing. It was unsafe for the road. But when I explained to my dad, if I don't make it, I had to go to a, I had to go to a Robert Morris College and sit for some sort of college fair or something like that, which didn't make no sense to me at all because I wasn't going to go to college, especially Robert Morris. But the only way to not get suspended and fail the year, I had to go represent this other school. So I went and go picked up my other buddy, George, and... Uh, and pulled up in front of his house and he immediately just starts laughing well hey man you know what are you gonna do in short notice you know so he gets in this thing and we're going down the highway traveling to to the college laughing about how you know they sent me and him the two worst people to go represent the school <laughs> to this event as i'm driving down the road i shift from third to fourth gear and buddy's looking out the window not paying attention and whole gear shifter come right out of the transmission and uh, the, the ball the spring that just the whole nine yards i'm holding it in my hand i tap my buddy on the shoulder his hair man do something with this <laughs> he uh, he immediately starts screaming and laughing at the same time and it turns out that big screwdriver what i had to do you had to push the clutch in and just kind of jam that thing in there and just kind of just move it around until you find a gear and uh, so I was able to, to get it in the third gear and we just left it in third gear until we got to where we had to go that was another hunk of jump but that was that was my stoner car it was back whenever I smoked weed and it was ended up being the perfect stoner car I uh, had a Ford Escort windshield in it with just caulking all around the outside of it to keep it in I ended up getting some seats from a, a Trans Am that we bolted into it and I found a, an old seat out of a junkyard threw it in the back and then uh, I remember the it only had half a key because half the key broke off in the ignition so it only had half a key and uh, the front end made all kind of noise. As soon as you hit the brakes, the car would pull real hard to the right. And uh, But it was a perfect stoner car, you know. I, I think we had 11 people in it one time. Just, you know, a bunch of just kids in high school, you know, beating it up. Never had a, a good tire on it, you know. And uh, I do remember it for the last, like, year or so that I had it, it didn't even have a starter. You had to push start it everywhere, and which was uh, great. It would, I, we, I could push start that thing in a matter of 10 feet. You know, it was one thing that was nice about it. It was nice and light. And uh, I remember a couple times I had it up, but I was going to Parkway Tech for auto body, and I brought it in the one day to work on it. 
and uh, as the teacher was looking at it he again he was saying this thing is unsafe for the road <clears throat> and so he went up and he talked to the principal uh, to tell them that you know they had to call my parents to come get me because they weren't going to let me drive it home and as they were up in the office calling them I had to be at work right after school I worked as a bus boy so as they go up there to call my parents to come get me I had my same buddy George who was you know my partner in crime opened up the garage door and I flew out and went to work whenever I got home of course my mom and dad giving me the business of by driving this car and then uh when I got back to school the next day I got suspended again for taking the car you know so what are you supposed to do you know so the old I had vet written across the the windshield and tape you know it was just another hunk of junk uh, but then uh, I think after that what did I get after that I think I bought a little Chevy Celebrity it wasn't all that bad you know I had to I had to run the heater through the radio so that every time you turn the radio on the heater would come on kind of sucked in the summertime because it was either drive around in the summertime with the heater on all the time or have no radio you know, another stoner car you know and then uh yeah, good times man everybody has all them piece of junk turd cars that always stick out in your memory those were some really good times man and uh so shortly after that I bought this uh was an 82 Camaro Berlinetta and uh another car I just find sitting on the side of someone's house I went up and knocked on the door and the guy said it had all kind of electrical problems and this and that and the other so every day after work I'd walk down this guy's house with a handful of tools and just you know not really sure what I'm doing like kind of an idea my dad was a mechanic so I kind of knew what I was doing a little bit but it took me forever to get this thing on the road I mean probably when I say forever probably took me about a good three four months to work out all the bugs and get it able to pass inspection and uh, so as soon as I get this thing on the road I'm so proud of it I'm still in high school and I drove it to school for two days and uh, it was blue Berlin and nothing special about it and a 30 I got a 305 in it eight cylinder And, uh, you know blowing smoke out the back leaking mostly every fluid that you could but it was my car again you know all my buddies are driving all their parents cars and they're much nicer whatnot but these were my cars so to get to it so I finally get this Camaro home and I'm washing the rust again my brother decides to take it and he takes it out and him and his buddies rolled it over a hill that night You know, so I had, after all that work, all that time and money and, you know, walking and carrying tools and trying to, there was no Google or YouTube like back in the. Yeah, so uh, they rolled it over the hill totally smashed it you know out there was laying on the roof over the hillside there you can still hear Led Zeppelin coming up out of the over the hillside when the tow truck showed up the only thing that didn't break was uh, was the radio 
The thing was about as big as a beer can. But what was nice about it, the only thing that was nice about it, my brother told me for wrecking it, he was going to give me money to buy another one, which he actually did, which is rare for my brother. Normally when my brother says he's going to pay you back, it normally never happens. But this particular time it did. So I'm on a school bus one day, and uh, we got a new school bus driver. And the school bus driver got lost on the way home. And I happened to see in a driveway, this was a, there was a 68 Camaro sitting in a driveway. This thing was beautiful. And uh, I had a couple bucks. And so I ride my pedal bike out. And I go knock on the door. And the guy tells me it's a 68 Camaro. And he's, but this thing's way out of my, pr- I don't even know if it was for sale. He just showed it to me. And, there was nothing really wrong with it. It ran, it was inspected, it didn't leak. So immediately, it's out of my price range, you know, because if it's nice, I can't afford it. But as I was going home, I rode past this house and I seen this red car sitting there. And then, you know, the tires were flat and it looked, there was a tarp laying over it. It would just caught my eye. It was just a red car, and I'd never seen one before, and I just thought it was cool as hell. And uh, so I'd go home, and i tell my dad about it, and of course my dad's like, it's another piece of junk. Quit buying turds. Save your money. We'll get you something nice. So my brother had given me $700, and I keep begging my dad, Dad, I got a few bucks. Let me just go out and ask what it is and whatnot. I can't get this car out of my head. So my dad says, all right, what to do is you go out there, knock on the door, find out what it is. Don't tell them how much money you have. Find out about it, and I'll come out with you and take a look at it. So I get on my pedal bike a couple days later, and I ride all the way out there. I knock on the door, and the guy answers it. I said, what is it? And I have 700 bucks. (laughs) Well, it turns out it was a 1970 Camaro, and I instantly fell in love with this car. To this day, I still have dreams about that car, uh, but it was another piece of junk. You know, the body was good, and the frame was cracked, and said tires were flat and whatnot, and I did the same thing over again. Just going out there trying to get it. it. had a straight six 250 in it. They call it the Iron Lung. I don't remember how many miles were on it, but it was probably a lot. So it took me about, you know, it took a while to get it running and everything. And I remember the day that I got it running, it's it's barely running. It's, you know, blowing exhaust everywhere and blading probably hasn't ran. Who knows how long it's been sitting there. And the stickers were out, of course. So I get it running, and then this guy, the guy I bought it off, he comes out and he says, what are you doing? That I'm taking my car home. He says, you can't take his car home. The frame snapped. There's only three bolts holding the tire on, and just, you know. I said, no, no, I put it in gear. I had second gear. I said, no, we're good, man. <laughs> and uh, he let me take it home, and I did the same thing. I brought it home, and I brought it back to life, and I touched that car every day every day I, t- I would fix something touch something body work is body work out painting it 
I brought it back to life and I instantly fell in love with that car and uh, I drove that car in my last two years of high school every day and uh, my blue jean jacket my 1970 red Camaro which was in pretty decent shape on a scale of 1 to 10 it was a solid 7 you know and uh, I was definitely the cool guy you know I think so at least there was a there was a hangout here in Pittsburgh up in South Park where all the, you would just go hang out in a parking lot and just bull crap you know I don't even know if you're allowed to do that anymore but that was our hangout I can't just remember how many girls come up I would just pull it up shut it off I'd shut it off in the back because it would backfire a lot so I'd put it back of the lot and how many girls would come up and just look at it and, you know just the car alone got me talking to so many girls I would just lean on it and uh I drove that thing for about five years, man. I really liked that car. I sold it to my buddy, Big Bob. So, and uh, it kind of killed me seeing him drive that thing around, you know, because I freaking love that car. I should have never, ever sold it because I actually sold it to buy this piece of junk. <laughs> Another piece of junk um, it was a 77 Dodge Power Wagon Steak Body. And big 33s on, you know, one of them ones where the door handles you know a little above eye level you had to jump up in it got no miles to the gallon just looked awesome though with steak body the big 33 chrome rims on it and but that'll be a story for another time well listen guys thank you for listening to my story i'm gonna keep talking and there's a bunch more i gotta go through with all kind of cars but uh thanks for listening to my story thanks for you know all the stuff